AK, welcome to the Landscurve Show. You have a dilemma, a legal dilemma that you're in right now, and you want to share it with the world, and you want to speak on it. And there are a lot of aspects of this that I don't know, so there'll be questions that I'll be asking you sincerely because I just don't know. There are many people out here who find themselves with issues where you have attorneys who don't want to touch certain cases um, people who are p- tied politically a certain way, affiliations, and they can't touch certain things. But there are real people out here with real dilemmas that, that need help. And I want you to explain what the situation is. And we're going to chop it up for a little while. And we will be coming back with more on a live show. Because I know that with what you have to share, it's going to make a lot of people stand up and reveal their stuff or have more to ask you. So welcome, AK. Talk to me, brother. Thanks a lot, uh, Lance, for having me on the show, man. Um, Basically, we're having an issue. Um, I I had filed a lawsuit here recently um, against Samsung in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And um, what's happening is that we're having a hard time finding an attorney to represent the case. Um, It's racial discrimination on the the workplace, uh, hostile working environment, and retaliation for reporting such instances. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. we had um with myself and a couple of other individuals, Hispanic, uh, female, black female, black male, and white male, that about all stepped forward and, and, and you know written statements, and more than willing to come forward with the information that we had, and uh, it, it all pretty much started when we started getting some of our officers started getting injured on the on the site, and uh, because of some unsafe working practices. Yes. And, you know, we did We did what we were supposed to do. We went through the chain of command. We tried to talk to the individuals. And as usual, um, they don't want to hear that. And, uh, we, you know, trying to, trying, to chop the, trying to chop it up a little bit and make it a little bit smoother, uh, what would happen was the white, they would ask the white officers and pass down what they thought. And, I mean, the white officers were letting them know they were going in heavy. I mm-hmm. mean, angry, yelling, Whatnot. And I'd sit there and I'd kind of be like smiling, thinking, okay, cool, you, you can get away with this. I know we can't get away with this. So, <laughs> you know, they, they're going in. So, me and the Hispanic female were like, wow, you know. So, myself and the white, one of the white officers there, he actually, like I said, he actually signed a statement and uh, was willing to come to court with us. And he, he stated, you know, um, he, he almost got into a knockdown drag out fight with one of the supervisors. Are you serious? He wanted us to stand in the, in the line of traffic. Now, the traffic is coming at one of these particular. Um, spots, you know, our post, and the traffic is coming in. There's no way to prevent the traffic from hitting. So it would actually hit, like, uh, like the cones and run the cones down flat. Instead of them having an arm that allowed the traffic to come in and come out, you know, at one, one vehicle at a time, right. it would just come in steady, you know, free-flowing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Unless we step out and stop them with cones. I'm like, okay, these cones are not going to do anything. <laughs> they would actually flatten the cones. Right. And they would hit, once they bolted the um, stop sign into the foundation concrete now, the trucks, these like semi-trucks would still hit the, con- the, the signs and knock the signs out of the concrete. Like uh-huh. they hit the building. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, missing the officers by inches. So we tried to devise a way that we didn't have everybody out 
in the line of traffic because, you know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And they want you to stand outside in like 110 degree heat because, yeah. you know, Texas gets really hot. And um, they want you to stand out in that. And we had a guard shack which had AC and they did not want you in that. I mean, hmm. it gets furious on the radio and, and dispatch would call and constantly harass us every day and um, let us know that this particular super, uh, supervisor didn't, didn't want us using the guard shack. Really? So one of the one of the, the, the white male that I'm speaking of, he went ballistic. And uh, they asked him, what do you want to do? Come out there and hold your hand. So he snapped. They wanted you to pull the monitor outside where you could see it um, in the line of traffic with two officers out there, you know, just putting you in a bad spot. And even their, uh, their safety people told them this is, this is unsafe practices for the officers. And they, they even said, you know, if you need me, let me know. Right. And we, we did everything we could to try to alleviate the situation. But in that particular day, I mean, he, uh, one of the supervisors, one of our supervisors came out and the dispatch supervisor was out there. Well, was in dispatch, belting out orders. So the white guy told that supervisor, look, just move me from this post. I'm done. I'm not going to take this because I'll go in there and, you know, put, put hands on it. Right. And I, and I was sitting there, and it, it, it angered me because I'm like, I'm, I'm in the line just like that. So they said, well, tell, tell AK to stand up. So mm-hmm. I was like, huh? I'm not, I'm not trying to stand in the middle of the Are you kidding me? <laughs> Y'all talking like you need to talking crazy to me. So, you know, he, we, we, we didn't do it. So we had to pass out the next day, and it went, I mean, the, the white guy was so mad the day before. I thought, I mean, he was, he was heated. It, it, I was like, I've never seen this guy this angry. Wow. But it was an ongoing thing, and we, no matter what we did, they would violate the, the, the post order and the contract that Samsung had with our company. Right. So we tried to adhere to everything that they said. We'd make adjustments. We'd do whatever they said that they needed us to do, and it still wasn't enough. Well, jumping through hoops. Had you jumping through hoops. Right, right. It wasn't, it wasn't enough for the black folk. Let me just say that. The black folk, there was a problem anytime he spoke up. Um... So we have to pass down. I'm real calm. I'm not saying anything. I, I, I rarely get upset. I'm the guy that brought the donuts in. I'm the guy that brought the uh, breakfast in, right. the coffee. Because if morale was bad, I, I would notice and I'd be like, you know, let me, let me help out because this is crazy. I've been a manager before, and I can, you can see where the morale is just beat out of the, the, the employees, my, my fellow co-workers. And they were going off in the pass down. There was another white guy joined in, and he was livid. He was like, yeah, you're not going to put my life in jeopardy, F this, F that. Now, mind you, I didn't ask this. We had officers that got their fingers cut off because the equipment was bad. So, okay, your fingers get cut off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that's something that that happened, and the fingers are gone. And so what did they do for these guys? They, they, uh, that guy picked up his finger and he quit. I I was like, I'm sitting there thinking, man, that's a lawsuit. But, you know, I, I, I I refrained and I didn't tell him because I didn't really know him that well, but because the equipment, he tried to shut up. This is how bad it was. He tried to close a particular gate, and when he did, the gate cut his finger off. And, 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 and so, like, what did he do? Like, bandage it up and go home and start calling for jobs the next day? You know, I mean, that's your finger. You got to go to the hospital. I mean, um, how did this happen? And, and, and lawyers and anybody in their right mind knows that that's a lawsuit. Right. I'm not sure what he did. I don't... I, right. They, was they he intimidated? Had, what's that again? Was he intimidated? I, I'm, not, I'm not real sure. Now, he might have been one of the individuals that filed an actual lawsuit against them because they've got several here. It's not just mine. It's, it's several. And, you know, I, I did everything I could 
not to go down that path. And right. I was like, okay, let me, let me try to, you know, get out of here because the overtime was crazy. They had mad overtime because the turnover was so high. So they had a lot of overtime. And I said, okay, um, you know, if you, if you can, because you, I mean, you could, you could make a chill in there if you, if you wanted to, but then, you know, again, we were doing security work. So, but you, you, you didn't want to do any extra if you didn't have to because of the way they treated you. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the unsafe practices. So then another, another guy that was working with this white guy, he had a heat stroke and he fell out in the heat. And that became a big uproar at, at the site. And I asked him, I said, dude, what are you doing? Why are you not, uh, why are you not, you know, reporting this? Why are you not, you know, following a suit? He said he doesn't want to do that because I don't know if you've been on the military lands. If you, you know how it is, if you, if you, if you start putting things like that within, say, if you're a firefighter or you're trying to get into law enforcement. Right. If you're a heat casualty, that's it. You can't, you're done. You're exactly. Done. So he never mentioned it. He went on and went to the police, uh, one of the um, sheriff offices here somewhere here. And I, I, I was really stunned. So that became a big uproar in one of the pass downs. And when they asked each individual what we thought, I thought, you know, well, whatever. You know, I, and I told them what I thought. But it was never disrespectful. Never any animals, never raised my voice. I know how they do when we do that. So I, I, I was like, I, I'm not a, I don't raise my voice anyway. I'm not a yeller anyway. I don't, right. I don't scream and yell to get my right. point across. I try to articulate what's going on with me before I get into that, uh, into that mode. You, you have a longer fuse. Yeah. For me to do that. And, um, I mean, the white guys were just letting them have it. They, I mean, I was like, man, these jokers, they're not showing them any mercy. So we actually go to the, um, we go to the path, we go to our post. Now, mind you, this is between 2014, 2013. It's, in, it's like too late 2013 up to where, uh, 2015, where they removed me. And, uh, they came out. I wish I could say his name. I, I wish I could say his name out here, but it, it, it's a federal lawsuit, so he's in it. Public, right. Public and this guy comes out, the same guy that everybody's been saying, you know, and, and we all know who he is. And I mean, the guy that's been giving us the problems and telling us to stand out there in the traffic and don't use the, 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 the guard shack, just really ridiculous stuff going against the post orders, changing them on the whim. It's like, okay, this is crazy. So he comes out. And he asked me what I thought. He said, I will, you know, I got, I got everybody else's information. What do you think? And I told him, I said, well, this is the best thing I can, this is the best way I can show you. I said, you need to come out here with me for a few minutes. It's like 110 degrees out there, Lance. I mean, it was boiling, bro. Oh, God. <laughs> so we go outside and then we take the monitor and we pull the monitor out. Now, you can't see the monitor because of the sunlight. I'm like, dude, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to show him everything, right? Right. I Thinking said, that he would, be so, he would be reasonable that you can reach him on a humane level. Right. I was and, like, Let me and he asked you. Yes. I'm like, just check this out. So he had other people with him, other staff and other supervisors that were there. And they all vouched for what I was saying. So we step out. And I, he said, I can't see the monitor. I said, exactly. That's what we're trying to explain to you. We can't see the monitor. It, it's a moot point to pull it outside. You need to keep it inside. So he says, well, well, what about the traffic? And I'm like, and all of a sudden he said that a car whizzed right by us. He said, oh, snap. I said, exactly. I said, now, you know, I'm a personal trainer. I train. I uh, keep some of the guys, you know, so I talk to some veterans, have some veterans that I train on the weekend. And, right. you know, some of these Army vets need that training. You know how it is. They need to, they've had an injury. And um, so I, I take care of those guys on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, the heat doesn't really bother me because I train in this all the time. Right. You know, I'm, I'm in 
you know, I know how to drink. I know what food to put. I, I'm okay. Right. But everybody isn't built like that. Okay. And not only that, just to add in there, you know, you're not bloated. You're not full of salt. You're not retaining water. You, right. you, you know how to, how it is to push your body at a high temperature exercise. And so in a resting state, it's not going to get you. You will sweat, but it's, and you will feel it, but you're, you're not going to be at your threshold. Right. Like other people who don't do anything at all. Right. So, so I'm looking at him and like, he's like five, eight, five, seven, and he's like two, two, ten, two thirty. You know, that's not a, you know, how that height, that weight, right. Your combination. Right. And uh, he's an ex-Marine. Okay. And, uh, I'm like, so you're treating people very badly at the expense of improper protocol. I'm, I'm just trying to figure him out, right? Right. I tell you what, he only been out there three minutes, and he starts sweating like a dog. Wow. I said, you see what's happening to you right now? This is what's happening to the officer. He started swaying back and forth, like, you know. And, you know, that he said, well, I didn't say you guys couldn't, you know, actually, you know, use the, the grudge chat. And I was like, yeah. And I'm thinking in my mind, yeah, yeah, you did. I was there. Right, I, I was right. There. He told us, are you kidding me? So he starts wiping his brow. He starts sweating. And then he said, okay, use the guard shack. He goes back in. He gets with his people. They drive off back to the main, the main uh, part of the facility, the Samsung facility. And from there on out, it was constant every day. Make Kendrick get outside. Get Kendrick outside. What? Uh, just every every day, any, anything you can think of, um, just put the cones up. I'm like, a car would just be leaving, and we try to put the cones up. We have the cone in our hand and trying to put it, put the cone up, tell him put the cone up. I mean, just every day, right? And I know he's going to say, he doesn't treat the white officers like this. Mm. You know, and I kept thinking, okay, you know, I'm trying my best to be civil. I'm trying my best not to even think of anything legal. So then he told us to stop, told me to stop bringing food in for the staff. What? Like, okay, he, he never, he said something about it left a ring on one of the tables or something like that. Oh, and God. Been, Come yeah, on. It been there before we got there. It, it was there. I, I had been there three years. I started in 2012. So I'd been there. Um, but know, what, happened to, what happened to a supervisor or administration being concerned about morale where exactly. when you see employees getting along like that where they're bringing food for each other a ring on the table is something minor we know what it is i mean I'm, I, you're breaking it down beautifully to illustrate the conditions that you had to be under but this is the show on jobs these jobs and people who need their jobs and people who who, who, who want to use it as a stepping stone how they just i don't want to make any trouble i'm not even saying they're cool like oh i don't want to make any trouble you just want to go in and do your best but their job and their focus is on making it hard for you because it's like it's burning them to see you make money. Right. And, and, and uh, he, he knew I was a trainer. And um, Lance, you know my other profession. So yes. you, you, know my, you know what I do. You know the other job that I right, have. Right, right. But see, but see oh, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, man. But they hate this type of person and these types of people. They hate when you master your job and you have other things going on and they find out about it because in their right. mind, oh, he's making a million dollars somewhere else. And also it, it reduces in their mind the control that they have over you because you have some, something coming in income wise. And now it takes the weight off of their the job that, that, that you have there. Because now, oh, you're not going to be afraid anymore. Maybe he's making more than he's making here, and we can't scare him. You see what I mean? Right. 
I, I, I believe that 100%. Um, because, again, like I said, they never he never treated the white officers this way. We even had, um, because I'm, I'm about to jump into that, right. there was a white female there because they, the, the white male that was uh, being very voice, you know, voiceful mm-hmm. and letting them know what he thought, mm-hmm. they removed him from the post. Not from the site. They gave him another post. I asked to be moved from that post because I couldn't take it anymore. They said, no, he wants to keep you there. Oh, wow. To keep you there. He said he wants to keep his eye on you. I said, are you guys kidding me? I'm a grown man. I don't play games like this, man. I said, I'm, I'm, start, I said, I'm telling you I'm starting to see stuff. Right. So I started writing it down. Right. I, I, for Jamie Body Black, in any job, when you see that discrimination coming, you need to start writing it down. You need to write it down because um, if you don't have it in writing, you're going to miss the dates, you're going to miss the time, and you may not have witnesses. I was fortunate enough to have witnesses, and, uh, you know, the universe provides when, you, when you're doing the positive energy thing. Yes. I believe that 100%. So... It was a white female that they wanted me to train out there to work with me. But when she got out there, she started re- making really crazy racial racial remarks like uh, blacks uh, are the most on welfare, blacks commit the most crimes, all black men rape women, they make babies, they're on unemployment, they're on welfare. I was like, well, unemployment is not something that the government gives you. That's something you pay into. Right. So, and, and, and she's wrong on all of the above anyway. Okay. I, Exactly, and that's what I kept looking at. I was like, I said, did you go to high school, college? What? Are you sure you went to, you know, she's a blonde, and, uh, but that, that's neither him nor there. <laughs> I'll say it, a stereotypical dumb blonde, but anyway. Right, she said, my, she said uh, my friend works at the, uh, 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 at the uh, what do you call it, when you're going down for the, the jobs, uh, welfare office, she right, said. Right, right. Mexicans and blacks, that's all they do is mooch off the cut. And I was, I was like, okay, I said, you know what? Oh, God. Tell her to sit down somewhere and watch Fox News. Right. I said, that's what I told her. I said, you must watch a lot of Fox News. I said, you know what? This is not the conversation you're having at the workplace. I said, you need to you know, let it go. I'm done. I'm, I'm tired. because you're being really racist right now. And I'm just stating the facts. I mean, she just, I was like, she went on for like 10 minutes. And I mean, I was getting heated. I was like, okay, you know what? I done told you three times. Shut up. Right. I, I, I'm not trying to hear any more of this animus and this venom you're spitting out about, you know, black people. And um, she, uh, she, she, I think the last thing she said, I said, you know what? I'm done with the conversation. I don't want to hear anymore. By that time, the day was pretty much over. But then she went to the, the, uh, the white guy that used to work with me at that particular post. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a statement because she was giving all blacks, all Hispanics, everybody that would come through the post or that she worked with, these problems, she said, and she asked him, she said, well, why is he taking such offense to it? He said, do you know that that's offensive? She said, well, it doesn't matter. He wasn't a slave. He never went to Oh, slavery. God. I just, I, he, he wrote a statement, so he wrote a statement and took it to that individual. Right. And, position and uh, reported it. Never heard anything. I think they, the only thing that I heard that they said, well, they got under control. Now, I really thought that discrimination of that level was automatic termination. Yes. They kept her. Mm. I mean, they kept her, mm. and she was constantly causing problems. And even even the white male that I'm speaking of, he would call off. He would get. Uh, he had he had a you know a little little trail paper trail. I had nothing. I had no call offs, no write ups, no disciplinary. I got high marks. I got high uh, high praise as far as me doing my job. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm just doing my job. That's just that's your work ethic. Praise. Yeah, yeah. Do your job, go home, do a good job, go home, that's it. Because, again, I have other things that I'm, you know, trying. as you know, the personal training and the other things. Right. You know, I'm trying to do bigger things. Exactly. And so I'm like, 
you know, and he and he knew about it. Mm-hmm. He knew about it, and nothing happened to her, right? So then they switched her out. They did switch her out. They put another female there, but then they switched her out. Uh, she was a white female. Then they switched to her out, and they put another white male out there. And this guy would come in. Now they're saying now this is what they're telling me. He's drunk or he's on drugs. And they they knew it, but they would ask me to snitch on him. I said, you know what? That ain't my job. You guys know what's going on. If you guys know what's going on, you need to discipline. Right. If I'm not a supervisor, well, uh, blah blah wants you to to check on him. I'm like, it's not my job to check on him. That's a setup on you. Want me to do. Yeah, that was to get you set up and involved in something that would would have came back and bit you, and it would slant it and make it seem like, yes, look at him. He's rabble rousing. He's a snitch. You see. Right. If the and guy's they, not putting anybody in danger and they know about it, it's for them to handle it. Right. And I said, this is you guys, this is your job. It's not, it's not on me, fellas. It's not on me. So they, um, they knew he was watching HBO to go-go or HBO to go, whatever you call it, uh, on the, on the monitor. And, 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 and they knew this. It's a good company policy. He wasn't fired. He wasn't, he, I think he asked me what to do because they were going to write him up. And he, I said, well, if you feel like you haven't done anything wrong, you're not legally bound to sign that. Okay, you you don't have to sign it. I said, but if I was you, I would keep a paper trail and and of my own because if you if you're not guilty of something, then you know don't allow that to happen to you. That's you right. know the white guy, they moved their guy to dispatch and they paid him, and I think it's an increase on dispatch when you start working with dispatch. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said he's drunk or high, and you know that he's violating the policy here at the company, and you move him to dispatch, so you reward him and you you, you promote him. Instead of demoting him or removing him or whatever you guys are supposed to do, right. did nothing to him. And I said, okay, this is crazy. So then they put the Hispanic female with me. And me and her, would, we, we would work every day. And then you would get those calls every day. Stand outside. Get outside. Get out there with the cones. Stand in line of traffic. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care if the rain is out there on you. I don't care if the sleep's hitting you. I don't. And I was like, okay. And I kept writing down. And she was, you know how women are. She was going off, man. I was like, phew. So I'm thinking, you know, I feel her. You know, I feel her pain. I, I'm with her, but I'm right. trying to use my head and trying to go about the procedures of doing this properly. So I told the supervisor, say, hey, man, this has got to stop, man, because this is crazy. You know, this is, you're not treating the white officers this way, and your guys are making it real obvious that something else is going on. So they were trying to look at me, and uh, I said, I'm, I said, what I'm going to do is file a charge of racial discrimination with the EEOC. If you guys do, if you continue this, I'm going to file a charge. I, I'm grown. I don't play games like this. Well, you know, by, by me saying that, right. I'm thinking it's going to slow it down. And I keep forgetting, uh, you're not dealing with, you're dealing with, you're dealing with white corporate America. As bad as that might sound, the truth is what it is, man. You're not, you're not, you're dealing with a different animal. So you as a black man making that broad statement like that, now you are a threat. That's now, right. I shouldn't have been a threat. I should have been, let me respect this man. Let's investigate this. Let's get it under control. Well, so, see, you're, you were judging the folks around you by the state of your own mind, you're a decent individual and you go by policy and procedure, but that's mm-hmm. not what you're dealing with. And, and the fact of the matter is that you do multiple things. You're very smart, enterprising, and they hate to see that. And, and, and they felt inadequate in your presence by the way that you carry yourself just over the phone. I already know if I was a judge, I would I already know what it is anyway, but just speaking to you over the phone, it's so convincing because, you know, we're not dumb as human beings. We can, we can see what it is, and we yeah. see your sincerity. Right. And, and, and we, we, you know, we went through, I mean, 
going through that, I mean, because there was another uh, sister, she would come in in the evening, and she would, she would get upset with them also, right? And I'd be like, you guys, just keep writing it down. Just keep writing everything down. We're going to present this to, um, to, to the, uh, the management. And it got to the point where the company that we were working with at the time, they were losing their contract, or the contract was about to be up. And now the policy of Samsung is not to interfere with the training, the staff, the protocol, um, any, anything like that, right? Their job is not to, to interfere. That's not true at all in, in the least aspect. It's not true, even remotely true. So, you know, it got to the point where, like, mid, uh, like, early, uh, I would say early February, early January. I can't. I don't have my paper in front of me, paperwork in front of me, but I have it all all listed. And you, again, I show, I showed you the uh, the charge. I sent you the charging number. Yeah. And um, so we're, we're sitting there, and the Hispanic chick lost her mind. I mean, they would call me and go, "Hey, AK, tell such and such you need to stand outside. We know it ain't you. We know it's her. But Mark is telling you." I said, "Look, man. You know, I, I well, I said his name. His name is Mark. So." And I said, look, I'm, I'm not the keeper out here. I'm the senior. I may be the senior officer, but I have no power of, 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 of authority. I don't have any authority power to tell her what she can and can't do. If you guys know this is what's going on, then say something to her. But don't put me in the middle. He said, well, Mark, see, I said, see, this Mark thing. I said, this is, this is unfair. I said, I, I said, this guy, it's on you guys. So a couple of days later, it was real cold. Lance, I mean, it, was about, it had to be like 32. Oh God! Again, I'm 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 from where where it gets kind of cold up there in the Tennessee Kentucky area. Right. It gets cold, so I'm not I'm not a stranger to cold weather or the temperature extremes as far as the heat and the cold. I'm not I'm not a stranger to that. So we're standing out there. And I, I didn't have a jacket on. In fact, I don't even think they had one for me at the time. But uh, we're standing out there, man, and it started raining, and it it was cold, man. I mean, I was like, whoo, it's pretty cold. I had an Under Armour on and under the shirt and. Had it layered pretty good, the cold, you know, the cold on all of it. <laughs> right. I had the good stuff on, man. I had that good stuff, not the cheap stuff. Right. That makes a big difference. Right, right, right. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go, right? But it was too cold. It was still too cold for that. This man gets on the talk to dispatch and says, get him outside. I want him outside. That's where I drew the line. I said, I've been dealing with this over a year. I said, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not standing out here. In this traffic, with this monitor, run the risk of electrical shock. It's raining, and it's cold. And you're asking for it. That's a no-win situation. Right. I said, you can't even type. He said, put put some gloves on. I said, I'm done. I said, you guys can send me home, but I'm done. I said, I will be taking a different course of action. I'm not, I, I, I refuse to be treated like this. Now, mind you, I'm just trying to go to work, make my ends meet, supplement my income, and I'm trying to go home, man. I'm not here to argue and dispute and go through craziness because you don't like me because of my skin tonality. That's an issue you have. Right, right. It's got nothing to do with me. I, I, I may not like you, but I can still work. <laughs> I'm, going to make your envi- I'm not going to make your environment hostile, which is exactly what he did. And I said, I'm done. So the VP, we didn't even know he was there. Wow. I go, he said, what did they just tell you? I said, you heard me. So I was sitting there. He said, I was in dispatch, and I witnessed the entire thing. He said, did anyone come out here to try to explain the situation to you? Well, the Hispanic chick, she's losing it. She's, 
<laughs> she's going off. I could imagine. I'm with her. Not rarely get mad. Speaking in English and in Spanish. Right. They were treating us less than, than human at that point. And they kept saying who it was. They said it's Mark and Mark. And I was like, and he said, I refuse to let anybody go through this. He said, you don't even have a jacket. He said, it's raining. It's freezing out here. He said, I saw it, the entire thing. I said, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to file a charge of racial discrimination with EEOC. I said, I refuse to put up with this. I said, this is retaliation. They don't treat the white officers like this. They're not going to treat me and the Hispanic officers like this. It's not going to happen. I'm done. I said, I'm not taking it. He said, don't do that. I'm going to go talk to him because this is unacceptable, and this is a violation of our contract, contractual agreements with, this, with, with the company. He said, just give me a little time, and I'll take care of it for you. So now think about it, Lance. We don't have to write that. We, we had our own notes, but how do you get it in writing if he's going to take care of it? And he actually did take care of it. He took care of it for the time that he stayed there for a couple of days, and then it picked right back up. But how do you write, you know, how do you uh, uh, get that in writing? You see what I'm saying? Right. When they said they're going to take care of it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... They, it, was, it was an off and on thing every day, every day. They would come out with a new policy. The supervisor would tell him, hey, man, I think AK is doing a great job. He's doing a great job out here. The traffic is flowing nicely. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody has to stand out here too long. Because what I had done, what I had done, I had uh, set up to where we had everybody's information in, boom, 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 show your ID, boom, 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 turned it out. It was good. Like, you would have, you wouldn't have to stand out there long enough to get the, get the ID from the person and, and, you know, take it in. Right. And back out. It was that quick. You didn't have to stand outside all day. You didn't have to take the heat all day. And yet, I, now mind you, I did not mind the heat. I did not mind the heat. I ain't real crazy about the cold, but I didn't really mind the heat. And yeah, and, but, but even then, you know, if it was something reasonable where you had to step out, you know, and come out of the shack or for a time and you felt the heat or whatever, but just to have you constantly out there just because. Standing eight hours. just because, and, 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 and mind you. Sometimes beyond the hour, because you know you don't. We wouldn't get relief from our post on time. Yeah, until that so next officer came. You have to stay uh, sometimes thirty minutes. Oh, it's like oh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go to the house. I'm trying to. I'm trying to go home. I'm trying to. I've been here since five thirty. Mm. Okay, uh, let me go home. It's three o'clock, four o'clock. Let me go home. You know, I've done my time. So, you know. We, it, was, it was an everyday thing. It was an ongoing process. And it got to the point where I think they actually moved me to one post only because somebody called in. Now, we had a black supervisor at the time, and he was up there talking to me about what was going on. And he, he's no longer there. He went back home to right. his home state. But he was there. Now, in this particular area, if someone calls in, right, you have to, if there's nobody around, you have to answer the phone in security. You got to answer the phone and then tell whoever in Espanol or whatever you got to tell them in, Korean, whatever, because I picked up a whole lot of stuff there. You have to tell them, where, you know, who the phone is for. Now, mind you, I did that. And I was on camera. The guy calls him and tells, him, tells me, you know, what's the supervisor talking to me? Tell him to stop moving. He's just standing in one spot. He don't need to move anymore. And this is what he told me. <laughs> and I said, okay, look, man. I said, look. I, I said, and I'm looking at the supervisor, and I said, uh, I said, because uh, the guy's last name was White, I said, I said, White, come on, man. Are you witnessing this? He said, are you kidding me? I said, I'm talking to you about what's happening right now, and here it is happening. He said, can they not see me on the, on the monitor talking to you? Unbelievable. I said, apparently not. I said, I'm not even moving. I'm just standing here, right? And 
they had a problem with OSHA a while back with this situation. So they had a problem before. And uh, so I'm saying, okay, you know what? Because they want you to stand in one spot and not move. You can't do that. And so they called up again. The phone rang again, and uh, I answered it again. And this time it was them calling. It was somebody else calling for another staff member there. But then the, on that phone, I gave that phone to the person. A few more minutes went by. They called me again and said, he said, stop moving. I said, tell you what, tell me he can send me home. I do not jump through hoops for anybody. I said, I'm gonna you're not going to play with me like this. I said, dude, if this is not retaliation, you're creating a hostile working environment, and you're, distra- you're doing everything that's a violation of Title VII, 1964. Mm-hmm. You're in violation of all of that. And, and I'm, I refuse. And I said, I thought y'all were going to handle this. I'm going to go and talk to them. Uh, they, and they took me out of that, that area. Uh, the next day, they put me back down to the, the, the normal post that I was normally working. And the, mind you, the post that I had, nobody wanted it because it was a rough post. I didn't find it rough at all. Right. But nobody wanted the post. So uh, the new company's coming in, and the new company's taking, they took half of the contract. And they had some of the outside, uh, some of the, most of the inside stuff and the outside stuff, right? And I used to work for this company in particular before, too, when I was going to culinary school. And uh, they, they love my work. They said, man, I love your work, blah, blah, blah. When that contract expires, we want to bring you over. Right. I said, okay, cool. Now, mind you, my company that I was already working with was trying to get issues resolved with uh, Samsung about Mr. Barkley's activity. And we were like, okay, you know what? You need, you need to stop. You, you, got, you, know, you, need, you need to stop treating him like this and whatnot. And, again, nothing came out of it. Nothing came out of it from what I understand. So, you know, again, we kept writing down everything. We kept keeping notes. And, um, like, July of 2015, now, mind you, the, the, this is how bad it was. People were quitting so much. And, and, and Lance, you remember, right before I went to where I had to go, we were supposed to do that interview a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there, but I had worked from May nonstop, seven days a week pretty much, nonstop, <sighs> because people quit. They were quitting left and right. And I, and I stayed. And I would help out, do a lot of job overtime as much as I could. Because mine, I stepped down and went part time when I thought that things weren't going to get any better. Right. But the overtime made up for it, more than made up for it. And I said, okay, you know what, I'll help out. But then it got so bad, I said, okay, you know what I'm done. But I worked from that point in May all the way to July and after 2015 to try to help these guys out. Right. So, um, they 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 gave us they said you know they had a they had a transitional application for us and they said if you come over you know fill out the application you come on over and everything will be good to go um, we'll keep you guys paid the same amount I said okay cool that's fine it works for me because again I'm thinking they're going to rectify the problem it's not going to be an issue I, I really thought that everything's going to be okay right but it kept on and it kept on and I was like man this this ain't changing right so. It, you know how it dies down for a second, then it pops right back up, and it dies down, <laughs> and it pops back up. And, yeah, and it did one of those uh, things, and uh, finally we went through. I, I, uh, they didn't have my uniforms and stuff. They had them that day, but they didn't have my size. I had just bought a brand new pair of shoes on my own, so I didn't need them. And so they said, uh, well, we'll be bringing the uniforms in for you. And I kept, and after a while, I kept noticing I didn't have any uniforms, right, when I got back from Vegas. And I said, um, are you guys bringing me on board, or what's going on? They was like, oh, no, no, we're good. We, we love your work. We're definitely going to bring you on board. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, cool. And so some of the white guys that were still there that had started off with me back three, three years prior, they were like, hey, look, if y'all don't want him here, you know, get him, get him in. You know, let him know. Let right. him go. Don't do it like this. 
And they were cussing these guys. I was like, man, these white guys get to talk to these people. Like, you know, like it ain't nothing. I, I, first of all, I would never, <laughs> you know, never talk to anybody like that, you know, unless we about to get physical. Right. But I, I, I just... I, I just don't ever see any reason to talk like it. Like I say, very few times you're going to catch me acting like that. So they said, oh, no, no, we, we got these uniforms up there, and they're coming, and they just don't have the sight, and blah, 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 and everything like that. They said, uh, AK, you got any problems? I said, I said, the only thing I got a problem with is my pay, because I would stay over so much, and they wouldn't pay you for that. And that's what fair labor is. A lot of, like I said, a lot of our people don't know about some of these laws and these violations. That's a violation of the Fair Labor's Act. You have to pay people when you... Well, you know, when you when you work over right. you have to pay them. And we'd be hanging around 15, 20, 30 minutes some days. And, what? You know, and, and be like, okay, so give me, can you guys pay us for that? Well, they didn't. And and, and until, I'm going to get to that until here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they, 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 they uh, so I went to my post, did everything. And uh, the final day, which was around August, right, uh, was when the contract had expired for the other company to absorb it. And I said, okay, you know, I'm good. And I kept asking myself, you know, what's going on? They haven't, they don't have my uniform. So my supervisor said, you know what, they, you can come over to us. With us, when we transition out, you can come with us. We, we want you. You'd you be a heck of a loss to us. Exactly. And the other company said, no, 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 we're going to keep him. We want him. We want him. Oh, wow. And I said, okay, cool. And so when we, when we got, when we, when we did all that, that paperwork junk and got everything straightened out, straightened out, um, I got a call from the supervisor, the black supervisor, and he said, we got your uniforms and everything up here. Come get them when you get off work. So now they handed me my name tags for my uniform that are exclusive to this work site. Exclusive, right? Mm-hmm. And I get a call later that day, right? And I'm thinking they're going to give me a promotion within their company and make me a supervisor because it was so short, man. The staff was so short. I mean, we pretty much had a skeleton crew. And um, I said, oh, okay, cool. So I go in, you know, everybody's kind of looking all sad face because they thought I was going to be leaving to do a you know, managerial job somewhere else. Right. You know, because I do have that in my background. My resume, I used to be a manager, so I have that, that, that training, that ex- expertise. And I'm thinking, okay, we're good, we're good, we're golden. Man, I get to the site, at the, the corporate office, the headquarters and whatnot, and I get in there, and everybody's looking at me kind of funny. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So then... Oh, let me back up, let me back up. I had just talked to that guy, Mark's supervisor, and I said, look, man, I'm going to file a charge of racial discrimination. I said, I'm done talking, I'm going to do this. He said, this was 12.35 p.m., August 4, 2015. Never forget it. And I told him, I said, I'm going to file a charge. He said, you will not have to do that. This guy is an idiot. All he does is monitor do a monitor instead of going out and physically seeing how it works. Because the, uh, the equipment would shut down and would back traffic up. The computer would just shut down sometimes and it would back you up. And he would call out there yelling and screaming about that. Wow. Like, you, you saw it with your... Now, he had to come up there and see it one day with his own two eyes. He, and he couldn't say nothing. He just kind of looked at me like, you know, like, why are you always right? No, I'm not always right. I'm just showing you how things go. Right. Like Murphy's Law, man. Come on. So he said, I'll take care of it. He's an idiot. I'll take care of you. You don't have to file a charge. You're good to go. You're golden. Everything's good. Trust me. Man, the next week I had that meeting, which was August the 7th. Mm-hmm. And we're standing in there, and uh, they're trying to offer me cookies. Now, everybody knows I'm a personal trainer. So I'm going to these guys like cookies. <laughs> uh, you believe it. You had those cookies all day long. 
what's going on? I'm talking to HR. I'm talking to HR, right? So the guy was a real cool guy because he was like, I can't. He, you could see the look on his face like, I don't want to tell him this. And the sister that was there, had a black female there, and, I, and she said, just go ahead and tell him what the problem is. I said, well, what are y'all talking about? It said, the client no longer wants you on the site. What? And I said, huh? She said, I said, why? She said, we're not at liberty to discuss that with you, but they no longer want you on the site, and these are the only positions that we have for you. So they kicked me off the site with that quick notice and reduced my pay, which is a demotion. Unbelievable. Now, there's a, another black manager that took me over to this new site, this new, this new place, and he's trying to tell me that this place is safe. So we get to talking. And I asked him, I said, why did you do this to me, man? He said, we did not think he was going to go this far. Wow. I said, well, what do you mean? I said, I asked you guys for well, at least the last three weeks what was going on. You guys could have told me I could have went with the other company and kept some, some dignity. Yes. Self-respect. I could have found my own job if I needed to, but you guys left me hanging. He told me specifically, and I quote, I did everything I could. We did everything we could. We fought for you to the last minute. He did not want you on the site. He set you up for failure. You were damned if you did. You were damned if you don't. I said, then why didn't y'all tell me? Hmm. I thought we could talk him down. I said, okay, you know what? You know what? This is a problem. Oh, again, I, I said, so why is my pay being reduced? That's an involuntary move. I said, isn't that illegal? He said, well, I can't raise your payback. I said, why? I didn't do anything wrong. Right. I said, I, ha I have no priors in my work history with this company at all, ever. I was always getting praise from people, and I would tell people, don't praise me, because as soon as you praise me, the first thing I do wrong, I'm gone. I said, so you don't, don't give me that dynamic. I don't want that dynamic. I'm coming to do a job and go home. I just take pride in doing what I'm doing. Right. And so when I expressed that to him, he just looked at me. And he said, well, I can give you another job at another spot. Uh, but for right now, I got to extend. They have to give me a job that extended my hours to offset the pay that I didn't, that they took from me. Hmm. I had to work an additional two hours a night. I was like, dude, this is not good. Man. This is, and I'm all now, now I'm angry. Now I'm angry because I felt violated. As you I should be. I felt betrayed because I'm here. I am holding the, the, the name tag. I said, so what do I do with these? I just keep them for souvenirs. And yes, I have them just in case when we go to that court date. That's right. So there's more evidence. And so he takes me in, and there's a black guy that was in there. He was training. And this is one of those blood banks, and it's one of the rough blood banks in the town. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, that, you know blood banks, most blood banks won't let you donate blood if you have tattoos for the fear of hepatitis and all this other stuff. Right. This place lets you do that. Tattoos or whatever. You come in there, but it didn't matter what you came in there with. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, okay. Have a needle, needle in your arm with heroin in it. <laughs> Everybody's coming in with backpacks. Everybody's got a backpack. And I mean, and I don't ever like to talk about any individual in the low level aspect. But these people hit, you can see life had beaten a lot of these people up. Understood. Yes. Homeless, uh, not looking to educate themselves any further. You, you could just see it. And it was like, wow. Only black people work at security at this spot. Hmm. No other group of people. So. The black guy that he tried to talk to, he said, well, the black guy, he asked the black guy, he said, it's a pretty good spot, ain't it? It's pretty safe. 
The black guy looked at him and looked at me, and he gave me that look. I'm like, I know that look. He said, yeah, if you say so, it's all right. It's okay. He said, that's what, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He said, let's down a little bit, and now you got to get in their face, right? Right. So I said, okay, cool. And I'm still frustrated because I'm still banking on him to move me, like he said, and then take my payback. He said, I'll take your payback, and I'll move you to another spot. He said, I can do that for you. And I said, okay, cool. So I kept on him for that, you know, for that time. But then when he left, the, the, the guy, when he trained me the next day, he said, look, this place can be crazy on a regular. It goes from cool to crazy that quick. He said, I, they have, uh, he said, issues that pop off in here all the time. Mm-hmm. What I do, I try to avoid any, any uh, write-ups or any, uh, uh, any try to, I try to avoid any paperwork because it'll wrap you up for a long time because a lot of stuff be going down here because people want to get out of hand. He said, if they get out of hand too quick, just call the police. Now, the police precinct maybe 300 yards, maybe two, maybe 400 yards down the street. And, uh, again, you have no way to defend yourself, man. Now, you got to think, man, I got a background in law enforcement and I'm ex-military. So when I'm in hostile territory, not, not I don't need a gun. Right. I'm saying we're having a pepper spray or a taser or something like that. Because if everybody's got a backpack and you with these people who, are, who life is beating them up. The mentality. They might have knives or, you know. You know what I mean? Anything can be in that backpack. Anything can be in that backpack. So the first issue I had was with a sister. She wanted to lay across the table and across the seats, and I told her she couldn't do that. So, you know, that blew up into something, baby. And her boyfriend came back. And it just I was like, you know what, man? I'm already angry. Again, I'm angry because I got moved to a situation that I, I you almost had to take the job to supplement your income. Right. So you had to take pretty much anything. But he promised you he was going to take you somewhere, send you somewhere else. And the start of the camel's back was, I sent him an email, and I got the emails and everything. And he said he's going to move. I asked him about the move. He never said another word about the move. So I go in there, and I kid you not. Like, you got to, you, you got you got this, this is story. This is like, you couldn't write this better in a script. This better in a book, man. I'm Straight up Twilight Zone. I know, right? I'm in there, bro. And we're, and we're sitting there, and I'm, and I'm trying to get the situation, you know, uh, what's going on for the day. And then uh, one of the females that worked the counter, she told me, she said, I said, how bad does it really get here? She said, we have knockdown drag out fights here all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just said, <laughs> I started laughing, and I was like, this dude. You knew it. Because, you know, I, again, I, I'm going to handle myself, but as a security officer, you can't really put your hands on anybody. You know, and I, I don't want to put my hands on anybody unless you put your hands on me. Right. You're just there to observe and document. Right. I just, yeah, there's a whole other universe. You put your hands on me now. Right. And... So one guy came in there. He was a, he was a crip. Came in there, and I didn't I didn't know what was going on. And uh, one of the managers said, "Hey, tell that guy he needs to take off his uh, colors, and, and you know, because if he don't, then uh, he's making everybody nervous, and it's against policy." So I tell the guy, I said, "What if he doesn't take it off?" He said, "We well, just call the police." I said, "Okay, cool. That's what they want to tell you to do anyway." Walked into the brothers, nice as I could. I said, "Hey, bro, do it solid, man. Please take the uh, the colors off, man." He said, "What?" I said. Bro, just please take your colors off because you're making them nervous. And it says against company policy. Right. He said, this is my mind. Like, you're going off, jumping off, Cooper, I'm, and I'm looking at the sky, man, like, you got to be kidding. Exactly. I mean, he's going off. He's yelling. He's screaming, running through the place. I'm like, okay, dude, you need to calm down. So now I have to mm. call the police. He said, you're fake. You know how they call you fake cop. And it's, I'm like, dude, I ain't trying Toy to. Toy cop, fake right cop, now. wannabe cop. Yeah, you know. I've been there, done that. I, I ain't right, to right. About. I said, as long as you get out of here, okay, how many sheep you count in here? As long as you get out of here. <laughs> so he, so he leaves, right? And I asked him to make sure that he's off the, you know, leaving the premises. He's talking about, I'm gonna f you up. 
nigga, the next day I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm like, man, see, I don't take threats lightly. I do not like to be threatened. I, I don't take threats lightly. Exactly. So You're not I supposed to. Right. I say, you can say what you want to say as long as you don't come back in here. Now, his wife was in there. And so when his wife was there, she was trying to calm him down, but they, she, he couldn't come back inside the building. He left his backpack in the building. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, man, when I walked back in, I didn't realize his backpack was still there. I went back to tell the manager what was happening. The brother comes bolting back into the building, yelling and screaming, ran behind where the people are donating the blood, ran behind where the people are keeping the money. And the guy was like, I thought you called the cops. I, yeah, I called him about two or three, uh, about 10 minutes ago. And they're 200 feet, 200 yards, 200 yards down the street. You know, why are they not here? And so he's like, um, let me call him. This dude's still going crazy. So they did a show of force and put more, more of us, more guys came and we escorted him out. And he said, you know, at that point, he didn't yell no more to me what he's going to do because he already told me what he's going to do. The cops come, man, after three, four calls. We called him three times. The cops come. They wrestle the guy, and they, 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 instead of them taking him away the first time, they gave him three warnings. I was like, why are you warning him? We already told you he's trespassing. You see what he's doing? Right. So they finally get him. They wrestle him down, and they uh, handcuff him and take him away on the third call. Now, 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 this is what I didn't know, but I'm always looking around. He had other family members inside of the building. Uh-oh. He had six more people in the building. And uh, so I told the guy, I said, y'all need to watch what's going on. I said, this guy's calling up a family member to fight. And the wife stopped him. She said, don't do that. He's got no problems as it is. You need to bring him out here for the fight. My husband was wrong. The officer didn't do anything wrong. He talked to him nicely. And they, you know, of course, there was a police report filled out on it. Well, you know, you know, I went home and I was talking to my girl and we was talking about it. And I'm frustrated. And uh, I'm thinking, you know, because, you know, Texas is an open carry state. So, you know, I had my gun. And I'm right. thinking maybe I should, you know, I'm going to bring it back the next day. Because when you make a, if a gang member make a threat to you, there's a pretty good chance he's probably going to make good on it. Exactly. Especially when he has a reputation to uphold. And he right. is, a, you know, so he's, and he's done this before, probably, you know, so it's a right. business as usual. Right. So I'm saying, okay, this dude ain't even trying to move me. But let me also interject also that there are other factors involved. You're yeah. employed. Pretty much we could assume that he wasn't. He was getting his money from other means. Your right. education, the way you speak, you represent the establishment. There's an automatic resentment for that. Then you have right. a uniform on. Still, it may not have been a police officer, but you are on that side. And, and you came to him politely. In his mind, you're picking on him. Then... You know, by the way, you speak, your life is together. You probably have credit cards and a nice home and, and, and a wife and, and a car and things that maybe he might have a hard time struggling. And you don't have that fear hanging over your head like he possibly does because he's on the outs with society. I'm not knocking anybody who is in a gang. I'm just saying there's certain things that go along by the way you described him to me. So he's going to have a ton of resentments. It's like me. I make a million dollars because I'm a bus driver when I drive through the hood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. And, and the other dynamics go on to that, too. You know how we step on my shoe and get a bust your head. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Zero to you 60. Know, you got to say the whole part of it. You understand exactly what I mean when I say that. Exactly. Well, my girl said, I don't think you should go back. She said, I think this is, that's, that's it. She said, that's enough. I, she said, and I was so frustrated and so angry because now I got to bring my gun to a place of work, but keep it 
in my car, of course. Right. But, you know, who's to say he won't just come up in there and shoot up or have somebody from his his, his affiliation come in there and shoot the place up? Exactly. Again, I take threats very, I don't like threats. I don't like to be threatened at all anyway. But I take them very seriously when somebody said they're going to do something to me because there's a good chance, that, there's a 50-50 chance they will, there's a 50-50 chance that they won't, but I really want to decide of the 50 that they will. Right. And so I resigned. Under duress, I couldn't take it. And I was like, this is just too much stress. This is too much. And I'm like, you guys moved me for no reason, and you're still not responding to my email. So I emailed him and told him what I was doing, and I uh, got the email up here. And I said, uh, and he said, well, are you going to put in a two-week notice? I said, a two-week notice? I said, considering the things that you guys did to me, and you haven't moved me, you promised me to move, um, and you gave me a short notice and moved me without any notification, I feel that this is justifiable. I said, there's a police record. I said, if you want to see the police report, there's a police report here. And they had to, they had to, they had to put it on the dude pretty tough outside. And it, the dude went out in the middle of the street. They had to tackle him in the middle of the street. That was uncalled for. I mean, I mean, he had other issues, major issues going on. And he's there, so he's trying to get money. You know, so, yeah. She said, she said that. She said he's got other things going on. I'm like, well, I ain't going to be the other thing that he take out of this world because he's, he's angry at the world. Because right. I would never do that to anybody. That's not your problem. It's not my problem. Exactly, it's not my problem. And so the supervisor said, "Well, do you mind? Uh, you don't." Uh, uh, I told you I could use your number facility. I said, "You've been saying that for two weeks now, and you haven't moved, and you're just now saying something now because I'm resigning." I said, "I can't do this because your word is no longer no longer has any carries any weight with me anymore. Your word is your word has no more weight with me." And he goes, "Okay." So I turn my uniforms in, and then they block my unemployment. And, um, I mean, they made it hard on me. You know, you're going from, you know, you, you, you're trying to find additional work. And uh, so, you know, I filed, I had already, I had filed my charge with the EEOC. And um, they, they didn't do a great job, in my opinion. In fact, I know they didn't because the information that I received on the, on the charge that I got back shows it. They, you can see where the company lied, clearly lied in black and white when the question was asked multiple times throughout the investigation. So it took EEOC a year to be done with the investigation. And this is my thing that I'm trying to express to my sisters and my brothers and um, anybody that's out there. And this is why it's paramount that black attorneys understand that we need help. You can see it nationwide happening to your people. And um, if they don't have representation, I I really don't know who's going to help us if you don't help us. You know, it shouldn't have to be a high-profile case where someone gets killed by a cop or yes. uh, something like that. You should be able to help the little man and 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 whatnot, and not be so quick to want to win every case. When does your morality kick in? Right. When does your ethics kick in and go, okay, this person's been done wrong? Why does it always have to be? Why are you always trying to live like this person? Not understanding that if you work within your community. I can promise you, you will never be out of uh, out of work. You will never not have money. It's to me, in my opinion, there should be a black. Uh, I said, what was it? Caucus in every state, in every city, of attorneys that are willing to assist us in these in these matters. It ain't just cops that are beating us down. The workplace discrimination is heavy. It is crazy. Yeah, and they expect you to quit. Because they know you don't necessarily know how to fight. And they know you're going to have a hard time acquiring an attorney to represent you. So when you see black attorneys not wanting to help their people, 
you got to ask yourself a question, what's really going on? Well, you know, I, I have a theory. Look, these these attorneys are connected. Mm-hmm. It's a brotherhood. They all know each other in that world, locally and beyond. They basically know each other. And I'm going to say this between the lines. They're not there to help you. Once they get to a certain status, right. it's all about them. Because if there was someone who was so willing to help out and, and take a short and help the people and really be sincere and, and have uh, some sense of morale about them, right. humanity, they would be blackballed. So they have to make a decision. Are we going to be down with this inner circle? Whether it involves their secret handshakes or not. So therefore, it's you see the black skin. They're there to be used as tokens by the bigger system. So now that's the only thing. They look like you. They look like us. But they're not about us. Their allegiance is not to us. Their allegiance is not to our upliftment and defense. Even if they're not about helping black people, they're not about being humane. They're puppets. They're templates. They're figureheads. You know, they're that mask, the go between between us and the overall system. So they are part of organizations and secret uh, uh, secret organizations um, and connected in. And they better not rabble rouse or the hand that truly feeds them and keeps them in position won't like it and they won't be there. See, they may have their degrees and certifications and whatever it is that attorneys have to have. But if you on this level can be harassed like that, imagine those who have, have a modicum of or, 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 or the appearance of power as an attorney, those who are over them, they're not going for it. So they can only do but so much. And um, it's sad. That's my theory. I'd like to hear what folks have to say about that. But um, right. th- everything is not as it appears to be. Right, because you can't, they can't always say, I, I, I told one attorney, the brother, I said, you know what, that sounds good, and I know you're talking about money, and this, I said, well, you guys want to kill the little man as far as representation. I said, you, 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 every case ain't a slam dunk. Sometimes you're going to have to work for that. that, that that's white attorney or black attorney. I said, but brother, understand something. You run the station stop to meet an attorney yourself. You understand how real that is. That's right. That's you out there. You you see it all the time. And when does your conscience kick in? Because Johnny Cocker was really, really good at helping people the little man at first when he started off. And I think he kind of helped the little man even when he got to the, you know, the older level. I think he still was helping, you know, people like that. But I, I, you look at the, you look at some of the archives on Johnny Carter. He was, he was helping his people. He was, he was in there to help. And I mean, I, I don't expect them not to take every case and not be able to feed themselves and not be able to eat. But there are too many of us that go through. We got enough pressure, man, as black people as it is. We're just trying to go to work and we're trying to survive. We're trying to live. We're, we're trying to have some dignity, you know, and keep it. I shouldn't have to go to work and bow down. I should go to work like the white guys go to work, or the white females go to work, and I have to worry about anything other than he did a good job, let him go home. But that's never the case. A lot of times that's not the case. And 
you know, we don't, again, I, I don't just have one or two witnesses. We've got seven. I do that certain individuals in positions there that are actually calling me right now because they're going through it now. And these are leadership roles. And they're saying, hey, if you get an attorney, let me know because I'm going to need them too because they're coming after me the same way they did you. And there's another sister that's going through the exact same thing because she filed a charge against them with the EEOC. So they're retaliating and they're trying to find reason to get rid of these individuals. So, you know, we're, we're going through that. You know, I'm, I'm going through that and um, I had to, it, you know, it was so hard to find an attorney. I had to actually get a guy to draft up the chart, you know, draft up what I, you know, to get it drafted up. Because, you know, with, when you use the, um, when you use EEOC, you only have 90 days to uh, file, right? Right. And um, my 90 days was running out. So I said, you know what, I can't lose my chart, my, my, my federal charge. I can't lose it, so I have to get it drafted up and, and filed. That way, it buys me some time to find an attorney. Again, we don't just have uh, black people on this. We have Hispanic females, white males, black females, and black males. We, we, it, so, and, and they're all credible. And what came out, once I filed, once I filed my thing, the response shows a completely different story that they told the initial EEOC investigation, which took a year. Now, there, there are... Um, Sections and coordinates of the, I mean, uh, uh, sections of the law that you don't know. A lot of us don't know about. For example, that we need to, you know, we need to kind of get out like right now. You know, like um, had I known that there was a section 1981, I would have used that versus going to EEOC. I would have bypassed them all together because EEOC failed me on this. Mm -hmm. I would have bypassed them all together. Right? When you go through, when you use section um, uh, section 1981. Which is just, it's actually 1866 when they did, you know, the, what was the slave code that they had? Mm -hmm. that, it was just, it was just, it, it was their idea of going against, um, they were trying to go against the 13th Amendment. They didn't like it. So that was their way of keeping people out. But that, the, the, um, the, 19, the 1981, the section 1981 comes from that, and it was to, to offset that. So if you use that, basically you don't have just 90 days to file. You have up to four years to file. Mm -hmm. and you're not rushing. You're not panicking. You're not just giving your money away to anybody who who might misrepresent misrepresent you in the in the court of law. And there, there's no there's no cap to it. And there's no there's punitive damages. There's no you know there's no cap on the punitive damage on it. Also, so what you have and there's other law. Even if it's, even if it's an even if it's an at will state, they admitted something in my charge that just 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 carries so much weight. It's not even funny. I was like, here it is. They said they didn't, but here it is. I have it right here in black and white. You told one federal investigative agency that you didn't, and you told this one that you did. See, now you've got a problem. Right. And, you know, I, I, present this, I, I present this to a couple of attorneys, and uh, I'm pretty sure, man, you know, I, I mean, I, I, need, I need the help. You know, we, we go through a lot, you know, in this field of trying to work, and I encourage any, any black person, that's going through discrimination on the job. You know it when you know it when you see it. it it's 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 you 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 lived it all your life so you can see it. So when you see it, the best thing you can do is to document it, write it down, take up the chain of command. And if you don't get the results, then you check it up legally. You fight, man. You don't just give up. You you have to push. And even even if you don't find the help that you need, 
you can say you tried. Ne- never let it go because when you let it go, the next person has to go through the exact same thing you did before. Even worse. And it keeps going. And it keeps going because they think you're going to quit. They they banking on you quitting. They don't think you're going to fight back. They're banking that you're going to quit. And again, Dr. Boyce Walker, I was listening to one of his, his podcast the other day, and uh, he, Boyce was pretty hard on the, the, the black attorneys. And his words were, and you can look at the podcast yourself, I am not making this up. He said, if you're a black, ter- a black attorney and you don't help or represent your people, you ain't shit. Excuse me. Hallelujah. That's what he said. That's only the truth. And that is is so true because you sit back and you forget. You you either forget where you came from, you're not acknowledging what's still happening around you. And if we don't help each other, who is going to help us? One guy told me uh, white attorneys are, you know, like a virus to the community, the black community. And uh, how he had went through the whole process of sitting down and talking with somebody and the black person was supposed to give him the business, but then they try to give it to the white guy. And I said, well, I'm thinking, well, that's karma for you. How many people, how many black people are you turned down that needed you, man? It, again, I shouldn't have to have, I mean, I've got the witnesses. We've got the documentation. You can see that there is no, no gist about it. You have multiple lawsuits against them right now for discrimination. You know, they have a history of this. EEOC even told me they have a history of discriminating against blacks Another minority, Samsung does. That's what they told me. Wow. Now, I'm sitting here, and um, you know, I'm trying to think of the best course of action to take, and that's why I went that route. But had I known, I would have went straight to an attorney because I lost a year, and I could have had an attorney jumping all over this sooner. But maybe this was a good thing because other truths came out when the court, when the judge, when the court asked them for additional information. Because I, I may have to appeal my charge because I don't think the court saw the EEOC um, actual, you know, the entire documentation of it. Because the EEOC gave me, you know, I have two, you know, I have two separate um, disks with information on it. Right. So I don't think that they saw the entire thing. And there is, I'll tell you, Lance, there are so many different um, um, statues that you can go by, man. I'm looking at one, Staub and Proctor Hospital, uh, Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, Chapman versus Toho, Tenex America, Johnson versus Kaplan, Reynolds versus Federal Express. Um, the list goes on and on. Yes. And there's one theory that you can use in court, and it stands up in court. I don't want to sit. I'll email that to you so you can see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But it stands up in court. And I, my, my case is exactly like that without a doubt. And I know all cases are different. But every person that has used this in their, in their charge has come out on top. And I, I encourage anybody black that's going through this, trying to do your own research, too, yes. to help yourself, to be able to help your case. Because, again, I, I, I've, never seen, I've never seen it this difficult to, you know, to get an attorney with this many people that have come forward. Again, you don't, just, you don't just have one group of people you know, that are supporting me in this. You have multiple groups of people. And it, it's, uh, it's difficult, man. You know, you're, you're, again, you're a, veteran of, you're a veteran of the United States. You fought for this country. You put your life on the line. And, you know, what does that mean in the long run? What, what does that really mean when you can't even get your, com- your country to represent you or stand by you when you've been wrong? Hmm. What, how, you know, I've been fighting for this country ever since there's ever been a war against this country. Right. And we've always got the short end of the stick. I'm not saying, 
that per se in, in, in the whole totality of what, I, of, of what I just said. But what I'm saying is, is that we have, we, every time we stand up to try to stand up for ourselves and say, hey, you're not going to do that, somebody else try to knock us down. And a lot of times it's, it's, those, it's, it's that old Uncle Ruckus mentality that keeps us down. It's the absolute truth. That's and our story here in America. You, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you feel about that, and I hope, hope your listeners understand, and I hope that this draws some attention to where, you know, I can get, you know, some proper representation for this because this is serious to me. Yes. These kind of things are life-changing, and, and they shouldn't happen. If you've got a company policy, and you follow a company policy, and you do everything, you go to the chain of command, even though so far we call corporate, Samsung corporate office, and email them. So, look at that. Mm-hmm. We called the corporate office, and the corporate office said they would be able to call back. And uh, they never did. They said, we don't tolerate this kind of treatment of anybody, and we will have somebody go and investigate that individual. And, uh, you know, if you want to beat this name out, you can. I don't, I don't think it's, it's public information, so it's not, I don't know if it's necessary, but, you know, it's public information. But uh, yeah. they said they were investigated, and they never sent anybody. We never heard anything else from them. So what do you do at that point? We went, we, we, we went up the chain of command. You don't go any higher than the corporate level. Hmm. So right now, you know, I'm this, this message gets out. This, this, is why, this is why, not in all, all cases, but this is why you, you have people pushed to the limit. And again, this is not all cases, and I may not condone certain cases, but it is what it is. But this is why you have certain people that just can't take it no more. Mm-hmm. They've done everything correctly. Right. They're at wit's end. And one day they show up at the old job, at the break room, or wherever they're gathered, and they do things to the people they feel that slighted them. What right. do these people feel? What do they get out of doing this to people on jobs? I mean, what is it that they get out of it? What kind of thrill? Right, all because of a skin color, all because of a, 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 a presentation, all because of a, 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 a un, unbending knee, whatever you want to call it. You, you, you try to take somebody's livelihood, manhood, womanhood, what have you, from them and expect them not to retaliate or fight you back legally, and then you deny them basic things like unemployment, now that person's going to have to go back and try to find a, you got to go back and try to find a job. And it's very difficult to find jobs in certain um, demographics in this country. You, 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 it, it's, just, it's just the way that it is. People may not like that, but it's just the way That's that the way it is. is. You know, the truth is what it is. You, you can get mad and say, you're just playing that, no, nobody's playing that card. Why is there a card that I should have to play? Why isn't the playing field level? Right. You know why? Why do I even have to? Why do I even have to acknowledge that? Why do I have to uh, justify every step that I take, or you know, why do I have to act in a certain way in order to be accepted by people in the workplace or the workforce? See, if I'm too strong, that's a problem. If my parents are saying that's a problem, which they never do. <laughs> right, right. I got you. Which they never do. You know, uh, if, if I'm physically fit. That's a problem. If I'm articulate, that's a problem. That's a problem. If I have a college degree, that's a problem. 
if I if I have exemplified quality leadership skills, that's a problem. And and we didn't even say anything about if I'm black, male, that's a problem. Yes. See, we, we didn't even say that. That was the last thing we said. Look at all the things that come before that. So don't don't so don't give me that when you're just playing the black cards. Got nothing to do with that. There should not even be a game called the black card that I should have to indulge or involve myself in. Why can't I come to work, do the job, be respected, and go home? But you want to go home and tell your guys how many black people you fired today, and you want to feel good about it. Mm. You, you feel good about that. Even though this guy never caused you a day's problem. Only thing he did was answer your question intelligently, with no animus, and just state the fact. Because like I told you, I'm surprised you haven't been hit with more lawsuits considering that guy lost a finger and that guy had a heat stroke. Because what happens is those, those, the severity of those issues, those are life-changing issues. That could be his trigger finger. That's right. That's right. He, he, could, he could meet that to play piano or whatever. He's done because of that, because your equipment was faulty. I'm just suggesting that you upgrade your equipment like we've been saying. I'm not telling you what you should do. I'm making a suggestion. You don't like my suggestion? You, you, you get mad and you say we're yelling all the time. I'm not yelling. You say we don't want to talk to you. I, I know how to talk to you. You say I'm coming to you. Uh, you say we're, we're not educated. I'm coming at you very educated. I, I am not the guy that's uh, here to start nose, but I'm not the guy you're going to wipe your feet on either. That's right. And, you, and I shouldn't have to be that. You know, and I just, you know, you know I would like, again, we're reaching out to you know to attorneys or anybody that can can, can provide some legal avenues um, to this because I, from what I understand, even though because it's a federal case, you don't have to be necessarily in that state to represent that individual. But I mean, we we I've been wrong, and uh, when you when they look at this, you're going to see more cases are going to come out against this company that they got they already got a lot as it is. I mean, they got at least five here in Austin against this company. Mm-hmm. So basically what, what, what'll happen is you'll see more people come to the forefront about this. And then you talk about, you mean, you talk about not having representation or clients. Now all the clients you need right there, because something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. And anytime you see discrimination or racial discrimination or racial, racial bias or any job or any aspect, you need to put your foot on and try to stamp it out. It, it, you know, like what's that old saying, Lance? Bad exactly. To good people. What is it? Bad things happen to good people when good people stand around and do nothing. But too many people see things and say, "Well, it's not me. Uh, 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 it's not my situation. You know, let them handle it. Maybe they did something wrong. Maybe they have some. You know, I don't want to get involved. It's the me, me, me situation. And even so, more so these days, I notice out on the road, if I throw a left signal to go into the left lane, and there's a car five to ten car lengths behind me. They speed up to block me. Right. I mean, like right. I don't understand the mentality of people. We're all human beings. We need help. If you observe something like this going on, you know, offer your help if you know somebody who can help a person. But it's like, well, let me kick back and watch what happens. You know, uh, right. something happens and you're knocked down to the ground. Let me pull up my phone. You know, let it be bloody right. and gory. It's not me. Because you like you know, 
some of these guys can take it on a contingency. They're like, look, you, you're going to profit on somebody's misery anyway. You know, you're trying to tell me somebody they don't want to take it on a contingency. It's like, if the person is telling you, say, say for example, it took you to get the thing done and you've been trying to find work or you had contract jobs where they, you know, they expire and you save all that money and you're trying to, you know, you trying to go back to school and get some more education, you know, do whatever you got to do, but you run out of money. So you tried that attorney before and then you right. come back and the attorney still doesn't want to represent you. So when they finally, you finally have something that's substantial, they say, well, this is still going to be my fee because you have a little bit more information. I may want to take it now. But it's like, I have less now than I did when I talked to you the last time. You know, I'm, I'm in trouble and I need your help. No, but you have a money tree in the back so you can just shake it and get money. That's all. Right. If you think you're going to get 40%, if, you go, if you're going to get 40%, Dude, trust me. When you, when you, I'm going to think, you know what? And I don't ever like to feel God is in my life. I don't try to include him in everybody's life because everybody's not going to believe what I believe. Right. You know, but I can honestly say, when you're doing the right thing and, you, and you're trying to, you're working on the side of justice or, or, the, or, or righteous, nine out of ten of the times, you're going to get some favor from the man upstairs. But when you're doing it straight out of greed, you know, then it's one thing. If I thought for one minute, Lance, I was wrong, I would walk away. I wouldn't even sweat it. I'd be like, okay, I'm done. But because I know what happened and I saw it and I have witnesses and I went up the chain of command, I, I did it the best way that I knew how. I exhausted all avenues. They had no to say in one of the, uh, one of the uh, investigative situations, uh, that, uh, agencies that they, we went through, that we didn't exhaust all the avenues. And we're like, huh? <laughs> The VP came in. The VP. We called the corporate office. How much more of a chain of command do you want us to go up? You, 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 basically, you don't have anything on me. And because you know how, you know if you put the right pressure on people, uh, people may not want to take the chase. But again, they, I don't know how they've been getting the right, I don't know how, They've been getting away with all these charges because one of the ladies that worked there, she told me, said, well, if you look this, that, and you'll find it. And I saw about five charges on my own. And one of the white guys, he looked at he saw five charges to a racial discrimination. So I'm trying to figure out how this information is not getting out. Are they settling out of court? I don't, they must be settling out of court. Gotta be. Because yeah. There's, there's too much, there's too much of this going on. And at some point, if you keep, if you keep digging in the dirt, you're going to eventually have dirt on your fingernails. You're never going to be able to hide that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think that's the dynamic that I'm looking at now. But I know my case, I know what's going on in my case, I know what happened. And again, I wish I had known about Section uh, 1981. I would have used that and went on about my way. But because I didn't, I used EEOC, which did a, they, I just think they did a bad job. I think they didn't, they didn't look where they needed to look, even though we had the breadcrumbs right, lying right out there for them because in their investigation, this was said. And we kept saying, hey, 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 there it is. They said no, and then on the tone, a sister was looking at it for me. She saw exactly everything that we were telling her. She's like, oh, my goodness. She's like, I can't believe they can go cause with this. You know, it's when they find something, mm-hmm. the evidence that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And now here it is a couple of months later, right, or a year later, right, and there it is. The exact same thing that I was telling them, it, which even strengthens it even further, says, hey, I thought that this didn't, but you said right here it did. How, how do you get around that? See, now you can't get around it. Now how do you answer that? Hmm. Because I think one statement was, 
he never asked us why he was removed, which was kind of surprising to me. Now, man, I don't know about you, but I've never met any grown person that's being removed from a job and having their pay reduced for no reason, not actually why you're moving it. I don't know anybody that's an adult that wouldn't ask that question. Right. Right. But she said that didn't happen. <laughs> I was like, that's the first thing I asked her. She said, we're not, she said, we're not at liberty to discuss that with you. This was August the 7th, 2015. That's what she told me. And I just kept thinking, you know what? I, I can't, I can't take this line down. And then when she put my, I think one of the, you know, the first time we were tried my, for my unemployment, they said something on the lines of, um, what did they tell me? They said, man, they said some crazy stuff. They said, that's not, can threaten you with your life is not grounds to, to, to quit a job. I said, huh? <laughs> I said, okay. I, I said, I, I, I said some other stuff, you know, um, but I could tell you that offline. Right. <laughs> but <I said> some <laughs> Understandably. Other stuff. I, I, I said some other stuff. It, it wasn't anything like that, but. Right. You know, my thing was, you're telling me this dude, he threatened your life, and he's a gang member. You don't take that serious. You don't think some point he may be sitting out there in the parking lot waiting, cross street waiting. That's right. Him, and then he just sprayed the car. I, I'm thinking, that if that's not, if your life doesn't mean anything to you, I can't speak for your life. I know what my life means to me. I've got a lot to offer the world. I've got a lot to offer the community. Indeed. And I want to make sure I make my mark before I do. I'm not saying that this brother is, is gone. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying right now, at this point in time in his life, he is where I'm trying to go. He's not even thinking that far. I want to admit the people, man. I, I, I want to be able to say that I made a difference while I was here. I want to contribute to my community and, and, and give that strength and give that youth and that wisdom that that I have had through my parents and my grandparents and, you know, other people that I've talked to that, you know, inspired me to be this decent person and always try to look out for my fellow, you know, my fellow man. Right. Because we, we start taking out the good brothers, you've got nothing left. If you kill all of us good brothers that are trying to do something positive, yeah. and you leave it with these guys that want to make the thing want to come out and do something to me, what are you left with? Easy to conquer that group of people. Easy. Maybe I'm saying too much. But, you know, no, no, this, this is what this forum is for. So you can speak your mind and, and speak it to your heart's content. There's never too much here because, look, where else other than social media and many of these various platforms that we can, can can we do this and, and speak to each other en masse for free? You know, well, let, me, well, let me say this. Let me go and tell. I'm going to say what I was going to say, man. I told the lady. I said, now, if I was a white male and a black dude coming to blow my brains out, I bet you you would give you would give him the unemployment and you would not think twice about it. But because you guys have this black-on-black crime mentality, you can tell us about what happens to me as a black male. That's right. And I said, I said, not only that, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put out positive energy. So you don't have a problem removing me from the chessboard. I said, this is crazy. And everybody got quiet. I, I was, you, you know, you don't, you see what you don't want to say that. You don't want to say that, man. But I'm stating the obvious. But, but it's only the truth. You know, it, it's, it's exactly that. 
that not a white dude. You see what's happening to these black girls that are going missing, right? Right. Every time I turn on my phone, is ringing right now for Amber Alert. Amber Alert, like white kid, blah blah blah. It's like, dude, we're not saying the white kids don't matter because that's not that's not what we're saying. But why does it seem like nothing matters unless it is them? It can't always be them. You know, you get angry, Lance. You lose direction sometimes. You feel depressed. You get yes, yes. But but we still do not need the nation of suicide or drug abuse or violent crimes. We should leave the country. Consider what we face on a daily basis, every single day. Yes, we should be leading the country in FBI statistics across the board, man. But we don't. I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because. It's like no matter how excellent you are, how how much of an example of 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 greatness manifesting the seeds of greatness. Look, I mean, look what you do with your life. You have so many things going on, and then when you said, "Well, yeah," when, when I was in culinary school, I'm like, "Oh, this is he did he did that too." I mean, I'm amazed at you. I, I mean, I mean, you're you're a great example, and and with all of that, still. Some person who has an insecurity and a hate for you because of the color of your skin, they don't appreciate your character, but they're going to bring you down because they're in position. And then you have some of us who have rose to the occasion of greatness, so-called or so we thought, and they're in position to help and they won't take the case. So this is bizarro world. Trust me, this is bizarro world. And the way we thought it was, it's not that way. But you're strong enough. And if we hold hands enough across this world and understand that all we have is us, we need to do what we can. My anger boils down to the same thing. I come from a whole different, you know, way or not. I wouldn't say profession, but I have my path. But we have the same feeling. We're in different states, different, different, different things we've done in this life. But because of the, the common element of us having the same skin color recognized by the society as black you understand that oh we have to be frustrated at, at a point in our lives when we should really be enjoying life and giving back to the world the things and you mentioned that earlier that you have so much to offer and that is a crime everybody who has tried their best to stop you and slow your path we should shouldn't be living on the def on the defensive right now we should be flowing freely with the wisdom that we've acquired the experiences that we've had to sh share to, to help everybody in the whole world but we have to deal with that and the world loses in the end but you know what this is why i do what i do you know i i, I, I i'm free these days for the next couple days look what i'm doing not because i want to pat on the back because i have to man I'm mad. I'm frustrated. And I identify with the way you feel right now. And that's why I'm always going to be here to help anybody. And see, I appreciate that because, you, 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 again, there must be something deep in us as a people. Because, again, we should be leading. But what we go through, man, can, what we go through, man, we. Huh. Tell me about it. This is, this is a total exclusive. Experience all unto itself. We no one experiences what we go through, and we're not looking for a pity party. It's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the opportunity to be okay, 
to feel good, to not be concerned about a job. If I got raised, that's a problem. You know what I mean? That's a problem. If I've only mentioned a word properly, that's a problem. Again, that's not me, but it's anything that says anything about you being strong and standing up, it's an issue. You want to destroy everything that I just, just because I want to, I can't exist and be happy because it makes you unhappy. Right. Why does my existence make you unhappy? Never did I do anything to anybody. I, I mean, by no means am I a soft human being. I'm not soft. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not one of them. You're going to put your hand on the turn of the turn of the cheek. No, that's not me. Oh, oh I, look, I, I pick up the I'm frequencies, brother. I already know. You know what I mean? I'm you glad you're on my side. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not going looking for it, man. I don't go looking for it. But, you know, I even teach a couple of classes on hand-to-hand. You know, I've been uh, teaching my girl and some other people. <laughs> 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 I watch people stuff on TV. These dudes jump on these sisters in these restaurants. Yeah. These dudes jump on those girls. These get, I'm like, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Let me, let, me, let me teach them what I know. Right. And just simple joint locks and wrist locks and uh, some kicks you long, which is some uh, career martial arts that I took. And uh, again, personal training. Trying to make you the strongest person that you can possibly be, mm-hmm. get the most out of life, connect that mind, body, spirit, soul. And again, I, I, I do, you know, I, I work with veterans that, you know, trying to get back into the flexibility and the mobility on the weekend. Yes. I do what I can to help out. But, but you're life. mighty. You see, see, let me tell you something. They can pick up when not just, it's not just the physical with you. It is the physical because they're intimidated by that. But, but it's the balance of, of, of your spirit and your mind, your mental strength. It's not just that you are a physique, but you have that intensity behind it. And you, 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 you have the spirit behind it. And you have the righteousness behind it. And all of that combined is synergistic. And that's you can stand quiet and polite in a room. And they will be intimidated. They will see the Incredible Hulk next to them. Trust me. That's how they view many of us. And when you are honed and, and, and balanced, it's like a coiled spring. They look at you as a weapon. Of course, we are if we're put in that position, but because they're not looking at you as a human being, they see you as less and want to see you as less. Your very presence makes them have to rewrite the book on how they see us or want to see us and how they project us out, our imagery out to the world. You messed that up, you see, and they could never be you. And so they'd rather not see you. And their way of putting their head in the sand is to destroy you. If they can snap their finger and make you go away and disappear, trust me, they will. Nancy, do you remember, do you remember this one thing, man? I, I, I'll say, I'm going to make sure I run this by land. Man, you know how we don't have that generational wealth? Right. You remember, do you remember, I don't know if you remember this. But I, I, I do a lot of research into history and just love the history, man. You know, of course, you know, that's how me and you hooked up, you know, um, you know, just, just watching your stuff, man. And you've seen some of my work. Yes. Um, and, and this thing just popped into my head the other day, man. I was like, you know what? Wow. You remember there was a time, I don't know if you remember, but there was a time when we came out of the Civil, out of the Civil War and after um, um, slaves were freed. Right. 1865, right? Right. You remember black people couldn't get... But what kind of insurance? It was burial insurance. 
<laughs> they couldn't get life insurance. Right. Now, can you imagine what would have happened if black people were allowed life insurance? Mm. Now, I would mention the killing, the murder. Now, we, they would have found a way to loophole through some of them, but you couldn't have loophole through all of those killings, those thousands of, hundreds of thousands of killings across the country over that, that time period. Well, in that time period. Right. Right? Imagine if you had life insurance. You would have eliminated them killings because they would have understood one thing. Man, they're hitting us in our pocket. They're <laughs> the heck out of us. We can't survive. Now black people got generational wealth. But because you took that away from them or you didn't allow that to be an option, you could kill with impunity. You could get, you, you didn't have, now you, you've eliminated generational wealth. Now we've got to play catch up. Right. If you had that then, if you had that then, what you would have is black people working for self and you wouldn't have to go through all this racial discrimination on the job. Exactly. You and see, worry about this because you have more black Wall Street. And, and this is why it's important for us. This is why, why it's important for us to support each other and, right. you know, not just support each other, but those who we support, bring it back and create a community. Everybody right. else seems to have that. They have their attorneys that they can go to. They have their accountants that they can go to. They have their banks that they can go to. We go to everybody outside of our community, which we just have neighborhoods now. Right, because you know the other groups do not want to see you get gen- I do, do, do. I have been there. Well, I have heard people tell me, and I'm not kidding you, man. This is coming from the gospel. Do you tell me? Do what he told me. I think I told you a while back about a situation where a female, uh, Caucasian female, had said some stuff and accused me of something, and it, she didn't. I didn't do any of that. Right. In fact, she forged somebody's signature. Oh God. I, I, I we EEOC ate her up. Found it ate her up. Right. We went to mediation, and the uh, the, the 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 guy that I knew was an attorney. He was a friend of mine from high school. White guy. This dude told me, and the media told me. Now, I'm going to tell you how hard, disheartening this is. Did it break you down? He said, AK, check this out, man. He said, this jury, he said, a jury, a white jury, is not going to award you any money substantial. I said, what do you mean? He said, you are strapping. I don't know what that word, I mean, I know what the word means, but I was like, well, I ain't heard that word in a while. Exactly. <laughs> he, said, you are, he said, you are strapping. Young, attractive black male, physically fit, well-spoken and intelligent. He said, they're not trying to give you no money. Right. He said, if you're a gay man, a gay female, a fat black man, a fat black female, right. a fat white female, he said, they'll pay you. He said, but you walk in that courtroom, asking for this, they're not going to give you a dime. Because they know you know what to do with it. You see? I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, but if you, if I'm guilty, I said, you understand what that could have done in my life? That could, you, you, you accuse somebody of something like sexual harassment or, right. uh, or, or something like that. And a black, you, we have all the time last with, with, with our names, you know, getting a job <laughs> as a black man. Right. Let alone, now you got, well, he, uh, set up in, what, what do they call it? Sexual assault female. Right. Sexual harass a female. Right. Or, or, or spank a child or something. Dude, that's going to follow you. you. 
any reason they can, any reason that they don't want to give you a job, they're not going to give you a job. But then when he said, when he said young strapping, I was waiting for him to say buck after that. Because usually when you say young, young and strapping, young strapping buck. Yeah, right. So me and my, me and the attorney, he, like I said, he's a white guy. We, we graduated together and everything, right? And we're looking at him, and he told me when he left that room, when the mediator left the room, he dropped his head, and I said, dude, don't. He said, he's right, man. He said, you'd be surprised at what them jury, what the white jury say about black folk behind them closed doors. I mean, my, my, maybe I'm saying too much now. No, no. Ne- never on this show you can say too much. Make sure to check out the boldest blog at landscurve.com and follow Scurve on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under Lance Scurve.